Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tian Tian. Have you ever seen a dog tucked in his or her dog bed napping so well that made you go, how I wish I could be like him or her. Well, that could soon become a reality for you with one startup in the US building and selling what they called the world's first dog bed, but for humans. They founded in 2021, Pluffle was started by two college students at the University of British Columbia when they were craving a nap after a long and exhausting day. Now, in fact, the two founders' light bulb moment came when they spotted a great dean napping blissfully in the biggest dog bed they've ever seen. Now, before you go, does such a value proposition even work as a business? It does seem like that's the case from what we've seen so far. The co-founders launched a Kickstarter campaign in March 2022 to raise funds to produce their initial batch of dog bits after their TikTok videos gained attention among the social media community. Now, half a year later, the firm managed to raise nearly 725000 US dollars through its Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaigns. Now, what is even more interesting is that the firm managed to snag 200,000 USD in investments from Shark Tank judges Laurie Greener and Mark Cuban for a 20% stake in the company in an episode at in October 2022. So what is Pluffle's business model exactly? What do profit margins look like and what is it about Pluffle that allowed them to secure funds from the sharks? Also, what is the strategic value brought about by having Laurie on board given her network in the QVC world? Lots of questions and joining me is Noah Silverman, co-founder at Pluffle. Uh, welcome, Noah. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Tian Tian. Excited to be here. Excited to have you on board. I understand you're in Tokyo right now. And Noah, we've briefly talked about Pluffle as a firm that manufactures what it calls the world's first dog bed, but for humans. So let's hear from you. How would you describe two things, value proposition and business model? Well, I think you got it right off the bat there. Uh, it's a pretty simple product. It's the world's first dog bed for humans. But when I think about our value proposition, it's two things. First, it's creating a new type of environment to relax and find comfort in that you don't really get in other household products such as couches or beds. And the second value props is really just a fun accessory to add some more life and character to your house, to your playroom, to your office space. Um, as for our business model right now, you know, we sell these dog beds primarily online through our website, wearepluffle.com, as well as on Amazon and a few other e-commerce channels and a few boutique stores around the U.S. and Canada. Right. And Noah, how would you define then the industry that Pluffle is in right now? Is Pluffle considered a furniture company, a bed company, or a lifestyle company? Who would you describe then as your competitors? Yeah, so it's interesting. You know, this is something that we've always wondered, like, human dog bed industry, huh? That definitely does not exist. <laughs> you know, I would say... Our biggest competitors are probably beanbags or other type of large plush pillows or items that you would put in that kind of extra space in your home. Um, so within that, I think we really do fall within the furniture category. We don't really think of ourselves as bedding too much. We don't say, throw out your bed and buy a dog bed for humans. No, we say, put this in your living room, put this in your game room, have this for sleepovers. So it really does fall in that kind of furniture, fun, cozy type category because 
but the human dog bed industry is going growing. I think in a few years, you will say we are part of the human dog bed sector. <laughs> but right now, it's, we're a little bit too small for that. So we consider ourselves as furniture. Yeah. You define yourself as being in the furniture industry, right? What is then your positioning against players like the uh, beanbag manufacturers? Yeah. So I mean. I think the biggest difference between beanbags is that their actually quality and longevity, and actually use them on your body is actually not that great. I think it's partly like the beans inside; they're very flat. They're very they don't conform very well. Plus, it was really a high quality elevated piece of furniture that really mimics more of what you would find in like supportive couch cushions or really high quality pillows for your bed. And in that way, it really kind of blends some of those elements of luxury furniture and high quality like. Home accents with that kind of plush, comfy attitude that we all love about the beanbag, while still retaining a lot of those aspects and that aesthetic and that look of a higher quality piece of home home furniture item.、Right. Kind of the best of both worlds: the cozy and the functional. Wow. Okay. And、uh, now let's zoom in on pricing and margins, right? I believe it costs Pluffo about one hundred and forty USD to make one dog bed, and that is as of the airing of the Shark Tank episode in twenty twenty two. As for the selling price back then, it was about three ninety nine USD. What is then the selling price versus cost price like two years down the road as you start to scale up? Is this a viable pricing model? When we originally launched, our price was three ninety nine, and that. Product cost that we shared on the show was closer to 140. We realized quickly that 399 is just not a viable price for many of our customers.、Um, that is definitely on the more expensive end. We're aware of that, and so we really wanted to make this at a price point that was more reachable for the average consumer and less of a luxury good. So we brought that down to 399, 299, and the only way we were able to do that was by really significantly cutting our costs and being able to pass it on to the consumer. So since Shark Tank, we've worked to really bring our costs down. We we see two ninety nine is a good point where we can kind of keep the product where it's still, you know, we retain the quality and the 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 features of it that really make our product stand out, especially against competitors, while also making a little bit more attainable for the average consumer. Speaking of scaling up, right,、uh, Noah, what is the current scale of Pluffo's operations in terms of production numbers? I believe some online sources noted that you guys have sales of one million USD in twenty twenty two, sold over three thousand units. Is that an accurate representation of where things are for you guys? So, at the end of twenty twenty two, we did about a million dollars in revenue. Twenty twenty three, we we increased that by quite a bit. Uh, now in like about the mid to high seven figures range,、um, but what's really exciting to see is just how fast human dog bed interest is growing.、Uh, there definitely has been a rise in competitors, but that's just naturally part of the challenge, and we, we welcome that with open arms. But、um, it's really good to see demand growing. This is a, a category that didn't even exist before we created it. So to see interest and excitement and engagement with consumers to buy this product、uh, has been really fun to watch. So that's really how we see that. Next few years and lots of lots of growth already. Twenty twenty four is off to fantastic start. Right, and I do want to take a look at your global presence, Ryder、uh, Noah. How many markets is、uh, Plavo present in right now? What is your mode of distribution in these markets, and which is the most important one where financials are concerned? So right now we're only in U.S. and Canada,、uh, distributing mostly through our website. And are、uh, and through Amazon a little bit of other e-commerce channels, but primarily our website and Amazon. Our main focus right now is on on the U.S. market.、Uh, we have a lot of demand internationally. We get so many inquiries, people from Europe,、uh, Asia, Singapore, actually looking to buy this product. But、um, we're just trying to really, really hone in on on the U.S. and eventually from there kind of take it to other other international markets. Right, and now I do want to talk about 
e-commerce platforms as well. I do notice merchants on e-commerce platforms such as uh, Amazon or Shopee in Asia selling similar human-sized dog beds, some at even a slightly cheaper price. How far are your products patent protected and to what extent can it help you deter the so-called copycat products, if if you will? Is this a problem that's more prevalent in Asia or is it generally present across the U.S. as well? You know, this is, I think it's a problem everywhere and for all e-commerce brands right now. Copycats and knockoffs are, are brutal, um, especially coming from China and other, other Asian countries. I'm not familiar with Shopee, but definitely on Amazon, we see quite a bit of those. You know, one thing that makes the Pluffle really stand out is we have a very unique case design, and that is patent pending. We're currently working on that. And that is something that really distinguishes us from our knockoffs, something you can really only experience if you've tried our product side by side from a competitor knockoff copycat version. And, you know, because the industry is so new and human dog bit as a concept doesn't exist, people haven't really had the opportunity to do these side-by-side comparisons. So we think as time goes on and there's more more understanding of the, of the other options on the market and people really are able to see, oh, wow, the pluffle bed is quite different and really does stand out from some of these other options. That's when we will really see a lot of growth and we will definitely be working to enforce our patent for our specific way of manufacturing the human dog bed. We understand there are, there are definitely multiple ways to make this product, but ours is the best and we'll be defending that for sure. <laughs> Right, okay. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Noah Silverman, co-founder at Pluffle. And Noah, I do want to dedicate the second half of the conversation to look at your go-to-market strategy and your backers. It appears that Pluffle took the less conventional route to test out your product. You have opted to use TikTok to gauge the level of interest. Thereafter, you launched Kickstarter and Indiegogo campaigns to raise funds. Now, what is the effectiveness of using these methods as compared to seeking VC funding from the start? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the beauty of a platform like Kickstarter or Indiegogo is you get all of your inventory financing up front. Um, and, you know, especially for an e-commerce brand where cash flow is so important, utilizing a platform such as TikTok where the marketing is free, um, if you're able to really effectively engage and communicate with the audiences, which I think is definitely a strong suit of our business and really tack on that virality and really create content that people absorb and really sticks with them and use that to drive interest and traffic and, and, and engagement with a crowdfunding campaign. I think that's such a phenomenal route that brands or individuals looking to launch products should take advantage of. It saves you time. It saves you headache. It just is really such an undervalued kind of route. We, you know, we actually did it again. We launched our second product, the Huggle on Kickstarter and Indiegogo because we were so happy with our experience launching the platform on those platforms. Hmm. And we must talk about your appearance on Shark Tank in October 2022, Noah. Pluffle managed to snag 200,000 USD in investments from Shark Tank judges Laurie Greener and Mark Cuban for a 20% stake in the firm. I believe that the firm back then hasn't even delivered a single product at that point. What would you say then is your secret to getting that six-figure funding from the two sharks? I think the secret, I mean, I would like to take take some credit for, for Yuki, my business partner, and I's appearance on the show, but I think it was the product, honestly. I mean, the human dog that it's such a it's such an item that people can understand and you can really see the mass appeal in it. I think one thing that the sharks really look for is an item that can be loved and used in every home in America, and that's really what the pluffle is. So I didn't, you know, we hadn't delivered a product, but we had Pluffles on stage. The Sharks tried it. They loved it. I, I really think that was enough to convince them. In your 
personal opinion, do you think that has got to do with uh, synergies with their portfolio company, Huxley, as well? Yeah, you know, it's funny that they mentioned that on our episode and Yuki and I were actually big fans of Huxley and the brand uh, before we went on the show. So when they made that comparison, we were like, this is amazing. We've been, we've known about Huxley for years now. So I definitely think there's a big connection there. You know, a lot of what we target, even though our product is fun, is to comfort you and find rest and relaxation and help with maybe stress and anxiety. And that's a really similar messaging to what the Huxley product promotes. So those synergies and this really goes hand in hand. And I think that's something Mark and Lori definitely identified when they heard our product and heard our story. And it's about one and a half years uh, since that Shark Tank episode. And I do want to focus on you guys having Lori Green on board as an investor. She's known as the queen of QVC. What is the strategic value of working with her? So originally when we went onto the show, we were really excited to kind of secure a deal with Lori because her background in consumer products is just really unparalleled. Uh, especially that QVC, that shopping television, really, we believe that to be an effective uh, sales channel for our product. Our target demographic right now is women that are in their 30s through 50s. And those are the prime consumers of that type of commerce content. And so we were really excited to go in there and, and look for a partner that could help us with that. And that's why we had really identified Lori from the start as a key shark to go after. Now, on the whole, I believe, uh, Noah, as you've told me, the... You're still in the process of working out the details for that 200,000 USD investments. Um, but so far, how has working with the two sharks reshaped your sales growth trajectory and attained more attention for the firm? You know, being on the show was such a phenomenal experience and really did wonders for our business. You know, people t- to this day still say they bought the plumble because they saw it on Shark Tank. So just that moment was really pivotal of appearing on Shark Tank and having that air and the trajectory of our business. And uh, I really can be underestimated how powerful that show is. Right. And if we were to put a number to your Kager in terms of sales growth or in terms of valuation, what would that be? And are you going for another round of VC funding soon? You know, we're not going for more funding. So that's kind of a tricky question to answer right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're really kind of focused right now on growing our business profitably and healthy, uh, focusing on things such as getting better cash terms with our suppliers or utilizing a pre-order method and and building more hype generation around our products as opposed to having to spend time and resources going after VC funding. And so far, that's been working well for us. So we're super excited to keep growing our our business in a a healthy, profitable uh, trajectory. Mm. So with that Shark Tank deal being finalized right now, is it fair to say that uh, Plafo is actually bootstrapping? And so how far is the business a profitable one at this moment in time? Uh, we are fully bootstrapped and we've been profitable since the start. Wow, profitable okay. since day one. Okay. And before we let you go, Noah, we've got some questions for you. What's ahead for the year of 2024? Any new products? Any financial or sales targets? Uh, what's in the pipeline? Yeah. So, you know, we just recently launched a product called the Huggle. It's kind of like a giant cooling pregnancy body pillow type thing. Perfect wow. for hot sleepers, side sleepers. Anyone just looking for a little more hugs at night, uh, check it out on our website, wearepluffle.com. Uh, continuing to scale the pluffle, but just launch some other items that are really complementary and really fit within that realm of making your home a more cozy and comfortable place. I don't want to say too much because I don't want to give too much away, but all I can say is stay tuned. Follow us on Instagram. Check out our website. You're not going to want to miss out on some of the exciting things we have coming up because I'm super amped and I think everyone's going to love it. Wow. Okay. Lots to look forward to, I suppose. Thanks a lot, Noah. 
And that was Noah Silverman, co-founder at Pluffle. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.